As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. Helen here. Today, I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ network. Step into Celine, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels, and eerie sleepwalkers, meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humour with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. And now, you can experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. So, search Celine wherever you get your podcasts. That's S E L E N E. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Hello, folks. Helen here, voice of Azu in Rusty Quill Gaming. This is an advert for the podcast Anomaly. Anomaly is a TTRPG meditation podcast that takes you into a world of magic and fantasy. You'll be invited to imagine yourself in scenarios like learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land once vanquished by a dragon, all connected by a shared mythology. The podcast combines the traits of a great dungeon master with those of a meditation guide, weaving tales of fantasy that stretch the imagination, while you learn to centre yourself, find confidence and relieve stress. Featuring the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural, and Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard, Anomaly is available wherever you find podcasts or at seekanomaly.com. That's S-E-E-K-A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E dot com. That's all from me. Enjoy your episode and take care of yourself. Hello and welcome to the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I am your host and facilitator today, Helen Gould, and with me today I have... Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, and our very special guest, Maddie Searle. Hi! Hi, Maddie! Hello. Hello! Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you. Maddie, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience? Yes. I am the lead editor on Stellar Firma, and I was also the showrunner for Inexplicables, the Patreon-exclusive show. And I am a massive tabletop gaming nerd, so I'm extremely excited to be here. <laughs> You're, you're in Love. some other actual plays as well, aren't you, Maddie? Yeah, yeah. Um, Realms of Peril and Glory has just started up, in which I am playing a half-dark elf necromancer called Isadora Ravenwood, and my fellow <laughs> players are just incredibly talented, and I love them so much. <laughs> that is such a good name. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, today we are playing a little game called The Quiet Year. It is um, theoretically a GMless game in which we play a community for a year, going through various trials and tribulations, and at the end of the year, the Frost Shepherds come and everything ends. Now, it is our Halloween episode, so we may try and make it a bit spooky, but I anticipate japes and... Just, what's the other word that means japes and is funny? F fun? <laughs> yeah, we'll say japes and fun. 
It's, I mean, it's very funny as a word. It's, it's, I've been doing a lot of cryptic crossword clues yet, and that's the sort of thing that would catch me out. I'm like, oh, I suppose fun is a funny word. It's very like funny, isn't it? I was just going to say The Quiet Year is made by Avery Alder, and you can find out more about her at buriedwithoutceremony.com. You can indeed. I love Avery's games. She's made several role-playing games, and all the ones I've played I've enjoyed immensely. So Yes. I am genuinely looking forward to this. I feel like if this is going to be a spooky game, it'll be like a like a chill spooky. Like, uh, oh, a ghost. Okay. <laughs> kind of spooky. Right. So the other thing about The Quiet Year, it is technically a map drawing game. And I know this is an audio medium, but we will be <laughs> describing what we're doing. And we will hopefully have a map to go with the episodes that you can look at. But it's, um, you know what? Why not break the rules? Who says that you can't do visual things via audio? I think, I think the true test will be if anyone who's listening to the episode draws the map themselves as they go. <laughs> yes, follow along at home. And then you'll have a test. If we release our map at the very end, you can see how similar they end up being. And that, that is the true test of how well we did. <laughs> I think that is genius. Also, my guarantee is that whatever map they make will be better drawn than ours. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, yes. Mm. <laughs> Us here, non-drawers using mouse cursors. Yep. <laughs> On a roll yeah. 20 screen. Yeah. That's a very uh, <laughs> a sophisticated drawing application where you can mm. draw a line and a box <laughs> and a circle if you really know what you're doing. Mm. Oh, that's that's yes. too advanced. I'm not sure I can cope. <laughs> oh, the other thing is I'm going to apologise in advance to Avery Alder because I am going to ignore part of the game about how we shouldn't have drawn out discussions i will try not to have them drawn out but there is a specific discussion mechanic in which you're only allowed to say a couple of sentences and that's like the only time that you can sort of argue with each other however we all know who we are and what we're like and i anticipate (laughs) many discussions during uh the play of this game so i'm gonna start okay now helpfully there are various things in this game that i simply need to read aloud so i'm going to do that portion now this is called The Opening Story. Mm. For a long time, we were at war with the jackals. Now, finally, we've driven them off and were left with this. A year of relative peace. One quiet year with which to build our community up and learn again how to work together. Come winter, the frost shepherds will arrive and we might not survive the encounter. This is when the game will end. But we don't know about that yet. What we know is that right now, in this moment, there's an opportunity to build something. Now, we have various game components. We have our blank page, which is our little Roll20 screen. Before we start playing in earnest, we're going to create a landscape. We'll put uh, rivers and hills and stuff. We're not going to write words on it, though apparently common symbols are fine. So we'll just put a couple of, you know, people flipping the bird. It'll be great. It's a gender-neutral toilet in the top left. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, very good. (laughs) Um, We also have a turn summary card, which explains how play works from week to week. It is essentially, you you draw a card, you do what it says on the card, and then you choose an action to do in addition to that. I've genuinely just clocked that it's a week because there are 52 weeks in a year and 52 cards in a deck. that's, That's just sunk in. Which is, um, that's quite clever. Very like good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Ben. We also have a number of dice, which are project dice, because during the course of the year, we will start various projects and they will take between one to six weeks. And as each week goes by, we will tick down the dice to see how long we are, well, how well we're progressing with our project. We also have some contempt tokens, which in this game is just drawing a little red dot above your name on the map because we are still, we're recording this via Skype and so cannot see physical tokens in front of each other. Lastly, we have a deck of cards. Each suit is a season. Spring is hearts. Summer is diamonds. Autumn is clubs and winter is spades. And all of these different um, suits 
have different kinds of actions associated with them. So we'll be drawing those as we go along. For the audience, um, we're probably not going to be playing individual characters very much in this game. We are representing facets and social forces within the community. Because that's what it's about. It's about a group of people just going from one day to the next. Let's not get introspective. <laughs> Shotgun on we. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Basically, we are going to be looking at difficult decisions that the community is going to be making. Okay. So, all right. So in terms of sketching the terrain, it says you should take two minutes at the most. I don't think we're going to do that. So what do we decide collectively what sort of environment we're playing in, right? What kind of place yeah. we are? Yes. Um, the advice here is have each person introduce a detail and draw it onto the map. Okay. So Maddie, what feature would you like to add to our little community? I was wondering if we want to be a bit spooky, perhaps we could add a sort of heathery moorland somewhere on the map. Okay. Outstanding. I was also thinking of introducing a moor, so I'm I'm very happy that we're in sync already. Excellent. Moors oh. are very spooky. I think it's perfect. Yeah, they're very pretty in summer, but in, in, in winter, or, or at night, I would not like to at be night. lost in one. Yeah. Yes. Also very Ooh. spiky, surprisingly spiky. Mm. Okay, so Maddie is now filling in a little corner with some... Oh, is it purple because it's Heather? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just little, flowers. Oh, little per- nice. pinky purple dots so for there's, Heather. There's a big, big spooky moor to the southwest. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look nice at all. We're not immediately going, oh, <laughs> yeah. It's spooky. Yeah. Ah, scary. Oh. Okay, who else would like to go? I would quite like the idea of having sand dunes. This might mean that we're on a coast. So I, I, I know that uh, by yeah, saying yeah. sand dunes, I might be accidentally introducing two elements, but a kind of sand duny area, that's a nice way where a lot of the t- as I learned this week, that uh, moorland can kind of fade into coastline. Mm. And so, yeah, some kind of sa- sandy things with some tufty grass yeah shove it on the map so for listeners at home i'm drawing really elegant oh yes they're perfect <laughs> just like gorgeous sand dunes uh, it's really obvious what they are <laughs> that's some, some grass. tufty grass so in, in the sort of south central area we've added some sand dunes thinking about it i think it'd be more fun i think than a a lagoon or something is to have maybe a dried up river that is is kind of so there's still a little creek that is kind of going through okay i'm gonna um, i'm gonna take that and run with it yeah because i want what i the feature i wanted to add was a brook cool um, ah. so i like and I, I i use the word brook because to me it conjures a very specific type of water feature which is kind of small and very stony and yes. uneven as well yep. But I quite like the idea, since Lid has already introduced the same idea, of there being a dried up river, so that basically you, what you have essentially is, is a, a brook and then a stream that the brook runs into. And mm. so the brook runs off the moorland, through the dunes, and into this very empty area of what is a dry, which once a very large river, but has now dried up. So there's really only a stream running by the sides of it. So I'm going to mark off the borders of the river too. Cool. So for listeners, we've got along the bottom left corner, uh, there's a heathery moor. Uh, that fades into uh, scrubby sand dunes. Uh, through those, along the bottom of the screen, runs a, a thin brook. And then on the right, and side of oh, the, the screen east. in the, the eastern east. side yeah the east i can do directions there is a dried up <laughs> riverbed um with a thin but fast stream running down at the middle and they re- they they cross each other in the southeastern corner is that correct did i get my directions right yeah i think you have yeah probably i am going to add a massive hole in the ground <laughs> <laughs> yes cool is, oh, Ooh. it could be a square. <laughs> there we go. Big, scary, bottomless pit. Nice. Which I have put in the centre north of the map. Because mm. this 
is the Halloween episode, and we are all very, very spooky. <laughs> I think I might have read ahead that I know that a lot of these features are supposed to be connected to resources that are either in abundance or scarcity, and I am fascinated by what would come in abundance from a big, dark, bottomless pit. My first thought is bats. Like. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe fear not having to deal with waste true <laughs> just throw true. it in the pit yeah chuck it in the pit bats come out of it <laughs> trash goes in <laughs> trash goes in bats come out <laughs> ben i don't think you've added anything yet yes so i'm going to add a forest running from the northwest down to the sort of southeast and then in that forest is sort of a series of strange rock monoliths uh, which have no known origin. Okay, I have one more question about our environment terrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there already houses? And if so, where on this Ooh. map are the houses? Or are we like camping? Are we have we travelled to this area and we haven't built any houses yet? I think there should be ruins and it would be yeah. interesting to discuss what roughly there'll be ruins of. Like I've got no idea of what time period this might go in. So is this like these could be the ruins of sort of strangely very, very modern like the the kind of things that are left behind when there are like natural disasters around bits of Hollywood, right? And there's the incredibly valuable, very modern homes of the the ultra rich that are then then left crumbling and that can seem so strange when you associate ruins as something old or it could be something like Corfe Castle and it's like millennia old I like the idea of there being like really like run down ruins that we have like made some rudimentary shelters in and are going to like expand and explore cool yeah that works so for what me. sort of time period are these from like old old the cool. old old time period Time. <laughs> Could be like an Iron Age fort. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking if, if they're ruins that have survived this long, they're probably mostly stone construction. Yeah, yep. Uh, so where on the map are they? Yes, where should we put them? There's a sort of a gap between the massive hole, the river and the forest. <laughs> so sort of um, central okay. slightly to the east. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to draw that in, Maddie? Yeah, can do. So very interestingly, this means to travel to the brook or to get to the dunes or the moor, one is more or less forced to cut through the forest. Mm. Yeah. Spooky monoliths. You could go around the side of the forest. The forest doesn't extend all the way. But that, that I think that's an interesting idea. Mm. There we go. That's a really nice little castle. <laughs> I tried to do the little crenellations on the top to <laughs> make it look a bit castle-y. <laughs> So the castle has been put down next to... It's between the forest and the riverbed. I hope you're following along at home. We will be grading <laughs> them later. <laughs> Please do not grade our map. Our map is, no, uh, no. has diplomatic immunity. <laughs> okay. So next we each name resources for the community and later we'll decide whether we have lots of it or little of it. So I would say that a resource that exists within this community is water. Are you therefore designating some of the water available as drinkable? Yes, I think so. I'm going to say with the dried up riverbed, fertile land. So whether or not that water ends up being, the water in that stream ends up being drinkable, the soil that is on either side would probably be quite productive since it was a riverbed a while ago. And especially if it does occasionally flood, uh, it would be interesting if this dried up riverbed did flood once or so a year, you know? Hmm. That would be interesting, actually. Okay, so we've got water, we've got fertile land. Bryn, what else? I'm going to introduce the resource of sheep. Yay! The community is in possession of some sheep. If that ends up being scarce, then it'll probably be two or three sheep. If it ends up being abundant, then it might be a huge flock of sheep. Okay. Sheep. Excellent. I don't know why that hadn't occurred to me to be a resource, but that is an extremely useful resource. Sheep are an excellent resource. Mm. Yeah. I will trade you uh, two wood for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maddie? Speaking of wood, I think it probably makes sense to have one of the resources be wood since there is a forest. 
but it might be difficult to get the wood if it's very spooky in there. So we can see how that turns out. <laughs> yeah, and we can, we can decide if it's good quality for burning or good quality for building or not, depending mm. on whether it's scarce or abundant in that sense like it might just be that it's wood that just doesn't work for most purposes yeah if we if we decide it's scarce even though there's plenty of it in that sense just too damp yeah <laughs> terrible moist thin, thin damp wood not really good for anything <laughs> uh ben what resource would you like to add yeah so i think that i would like to add the resource a mysterious paste yes ben has the spirit a mysterious paste one can assume if it's a resource it has beneficial properties but let's not worry about that now uh and it comes from the hole (laughs) i was gonna ask if it comes from the hole that yeah that's very paste from your so you can like scrape it off the edges of the hole right now let's leave it because we can establish that later okay we now have all of our resources (laughs) Whether we want them or not. Which, yeah. we, we, we can only choose one to have it in abundance. Which one should we have the most of? I want it to be the paste. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would vote not the paste because I think, it, given it's still mysterious... I like the idea that the paste is rare but important. It's, yeah, yeah, it's going to be more interesting to establish what it can do if we don't have huge amounts of it. I was going to suggest that wood is the one we have in abundance. We've got that area of wood we've got is quite large and that feels quite nice. Like, And that's another reason. Look, you know, if we settled here, we've got all these things to some degree, but we've also got, you know, this this wood that we can use, even if there are spooky monoliths in it. I think yeah, it would be nice if we just can use the wood. And who personally. knows if we get too keen on the wood, what will happen? I'm sure one of the yeah. cards will give us an offer. Absolutely. (laughs) And I I quite like the idea that we have something that we can build with to solve other problems. It gives us kind of ways to get creative. So we've got only maybe three sheep um, and they all have names, but we can get the most use out of them with wood by putting them on little treadmills. Mm. Yeah, I guess... (laughs) The, the question here, uh, Helen, is like, for something that isn't scarce or abundant, is, is this assumed that, like, we have enough to get by, there's probably not surplus, but also we're not, like, desperate for the resource if it's... Because, like, we've got water and sheep, right? So I assume, like, there's enough to sustain the population of water. And yes. We can, we can clothe ourselves and... I think the idea is that if something happens to that resource, we are in trouble. Right, mm. okay. Cool. I don't think it actually specifies control f scarce i i i sort of guess it will come up with the with cards and stuff myself yeah we can alleviate scarcity and we can create abundance it's nice to see that some uh four-legged spiders have appeared on (laughs) (laughs) i have added a couple of sheep just on the edge of the ruins to indicate that we have sheep, but they're scarce. There's not a whole flock. So I've drawn two, but there's maybe as many as four sheep I'm available really, to the community. I'm really glad that you specified that those were sheep because I thought that they were the source of all of the horror in this Halloween episode. <laughs> maybe they are. <laughs> they're just people crawling in the dirt. <laughs> the game says to add the resources to the map. So. Yes. I'm doing um, so. Yeah, you can draw in the mysterious paste then, Bryn. I was about to. Oh, oh. it's pink. <laughs> it's mysterious pink paste. I was going for spooky purple, but I clicked <laughs> wrong and I just ran with it. Awful. <laughs> okay, so wood is abundant. Water, including drinkable water, is scarce. Fertile land is scarce. Sheep are scarce. And the paste is scarce. I'm just going to put that in the Roll20 chat. Yeah, so we have some of all of them, but not cool. a huge amount. Oh, so anything that's not abundant is scarce. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's only uh, one abundant thing. Right, right. Well, while we continue adding trees uh, to the map, we're going to take a little break. Yay! We'll be back in a second. Tree break. Yay! Tree break! Hello, everyone. Helen here to tell you about a new show on the RQ network called How It Ends. This bi-weekly slow burn audio drama intertwines grief, dreams, memory and mystery. The protagonist, Micah Jones, has suffered from night terrors and a frightening recurring dream ever since her father died suddenly when she was nine. With the help of her friends, Micah starts a podcast to explore her nightmares. 
but information surrounding her father's death and a terrifying event from her past sends all of them down a path that proves secrets never stay buried and dreams can unlock the truth. Sometimes, dreams are not dreams at all. They're memories. How It Ends is an independently produced podcast out of Providence, Rhode Island, USA. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts. Or visit www.howitendspodcast.com for more information. Happy listening, everyone. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. And welcome back. Okay, so we have our little bizarre community complete with hole and sand and heather and castle and sheep that do not look like insects at all also who's to say what sheep look like in whatever this is not earth i mean yeah. as far as i know That's earth true. doesn't have massive pasty holes so um <laughs> who knows what the sheep actually look like uh, okay we are now going to move on to the next section um, chapter three, play. Each week in the year is a turn taken by one player. Okay, so this says we play moving clockwise around the table. I'm going to suggest that we play in the order I wrote us on the map. So it'll be Ben, Lydia, Maddie, me, Bryn. Just because we can all see that and it's easier than me trying to remember when I look at the Skype call. <laughs> so each week follows these three phases. You play a card, so you draw a card from one of the suit decks read the text and do whatever is on the card. You can adjust the dice if you have any projects going and then you can take an action. So you can discover something new, hold a discussion or start a project. Okay, so we start in the spring, right? Yes. So I'm going to draw a card from the spring deck. Okay, it's the five of hearts. There is a disquieting legend about this place. What is it? Or alarming weather patterns destroy something. How and what? I think I'm going to establish a disquieting legend. I don't think I should destroy our resource immediately. Um, <laughs> it feels a bit early for that somehow, yes. doesn't it? Mm. There is a disquieting legend that things, figures, are seen on the moors at like intermittent times. Uh, nobody knows who they are, if they're real, what's happening, but they are often seen as uh, figures of ill omen, that if you see them, perhaps you are fated to die or somebody near you is will fall ill, or that if you see them, some great like disaster will strike your community. Ooh. Okay. Are they seen at a particular time? Like, are they seen at night or at dawn and dusk or...? Yes, I th they're seen at... Um, they're seen during storms. Ah, cool. Ooh. Nice. Ooh. Very good. Oh, also, to uh, for the listener's benefit, the cards also say, remember, draw the results on the map. So I'm drawing some little grey fi stick figures on, on the moor. Very disquieting. Okay. And uh, would you like to oh, take yes. an action? I would like to hold a discussion 
And I think the topic is, what is our biggest priority? Okay. All right. Now, for this, um, each of us can play a different sort of facet of the community, but we only get to say one thing. Basically, we need to figure out a main point. So I guess we need to figure out which, like, who in the community is going to be represented at this discussion. I suppose this community has just come out of... uh battle or like a, a struggle against the jackals right not that yeah they know mm. what they are so i don't know um yeah, there could be a kind of militia component who was instrumental in getting rid of the jackals there could be more mm. civilian kind of branches of the community as well yeah i i wonder have we i quite like the idea that we've just moved to this place too and maybe there aren't that many factions in the community yet and they will mm. emerge through the course of the game and so it can just be there are people expressing opinions in the community mm-hmm. rather than like formalized factions but certainly there are going to be people with a more yeah militaristic sensibility if there's been a recent conflict i guess i think that we could in the first couple of these discussions i have as brin saying like let points of view emerge and it might be something that comes out in the cards that if we want to then firm up, okay, so a few people have said this or that and, and those try and let those uh, factions solidify somewhat over time. So how about then, instead of embodying individuals during this discussion, we mm-hmm. all use the pronoun we to mm-hmm. a group and it's like it's a yes. sentiment, within, we're just embodying a sentiment within the community, which is not necessarily a, a fixed faction, but it's like, yep. yeah. I like mm-hmm. that. Very cool. Okay. Well, I guess I'll start kick off mm. if it's my turn. Okay. Water is the most important thing to a community's long-term survival. We need to make sure that we ensure access, continued access to water, whatever that might be. I'm going to say we need to find out whether the mysterious paste is good or bad for us. <laughs> just a group of people who are just like, I just want to eat the paste. I want. I just. I just need to know. <laughs> It's glowing, um, everyone. It's glowing. I'm going to say. I'm going to say we should prioritize growing crops over increasing the size of the herd. Okay. I'm going to say we need to be ready to defend ourselves from all disasters, including storms. We need to build defenses. I'm going to say we need somewhere reasonably comfortable to live and also defensible if possible so we propose that the ruins are expanded and made more livable okay now an important thing to note about discussions in this game is that they never result in a decision (laughs) they're they're familiar with improvised podcasts then The rules as written say a discussion never results in a decision being made. Everyone weighs in and then it's over. This is how conversations work in communities. They're untidy and inconclusive affairs. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I feel I, I already feel like we could start we've had five voices and I do feel like we could already start to put labels on what sections of the community those five voices represent but I like that we did it that way round yeah can can I just say that I resent personally the fact that me with my mini small holding like dreams like everyone else took the nice small holding ones and I have to be the militaristic one so I'm I'm gonna not just be like militaristic I'm gonna be grumpy militaristic (laughs) I wanted to be a farmer you don't always have to represent the same voice the next time round if if we know there are five these five factions Okay, I'll be a grumpy farmer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Ben, you have drawn a card and done the actions on it, and you have performed an action. So, Lydia, it's now your turn to draw a card from the spring deck. Cool, draw one cards. I've got the Ten of Hearts. It says, there's another community somewhere on the map. Where are they? What sets them apart from you? Or what belief or practice helps to unify your community? Uh, I really like the fact that this having come up so early means that we can have another community and we could interact with them. And, and frankly, I think that sounds more interesting as the whole, what sets them apart from you does then let you solidify another practice or belief that is, or a cultural aspect that is part of your group. Do you think maybe the the community is the mysterious grey figures on the moors? 
Hmm. Or is there a third factor of... I think there is a community in the forest. Ooh, okay. Um, and I think that they know more about the monoliths than we do. Uh, but we don't know what they know. We just know that they occasionally... We see them sometimes around the monoliths. And yeah, I got the impression that the Grey Figures may not be a community as such. They may represent something. They may be ghosts. They may be like reflections of something through time. Like, you know, some kind of strange paranormal thing or something very... Maybe they're just like plants that only bloom in the rain and they they send up a <laughs> a, a flower that looks like a spooky ghost. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. But anyway, there is a community living in the forest. They have been here longer than us, but we do not know how long. And they seem to know more about the monoliths than we do. I don't want to establish that they are necessarily the original inhabitants of the place. I Uh, think that this is a world that has gone through a lot of turmoil and a lot of moving around. They don't seem to want to come out and access the ruins and there is no conflict or animosity, (laughs) at least not yet, because as we've established, wood is in abundance. Okay. The way way we've drawn the forest on the map, you know, we've got this, it it clearly extends a lot further beyond our little square and Mm. we've got this kind of final spur jutting down to the moor and the dunes and towards the river. Uh, I think it'd be interesting if mostly the, the this other community stay deeper in the forest and don't yeah. come down to our little spur very often yeah. because yeah. you know i think it, it's going to be more interesting if they are someone we can converse with interact with maybe trade with yeah. and maybe if we make enough mistakes there'll be hostility but yeah. they're not like in direct competition for the exact same space we're currently using so yeah. far yeah so what sets us apart is that they have different beliefs about the monoliths and the forest They seem to see them as protective figures and do not want particularly to stray away from them, whereas we see them as unnerving and mysterious and as things which are not comfortable to be around. That is the core thing that sets us apart, but we also seem to have emerged from the conflicts with the jackals with some different ideas about where it is easier and safer to live yeah i guess that's a good question this is sort of like apart from that particular thing but like given we've come out of conflict we found these ruins and stuff like does that place this community or the community that we're in control of as refugees Hmm. i don't Hmm. know because like Obviously, you're trying to avo- you were like very very specifically trying to avoid that like colonizer sort of situation. Well, yeah, I yeah I I kind of want to avoid that because it's I'm thinking about it very much in the sense that if you think about when Vikings turned up in England, what's really interesting is that we talk about it as like conflicts and Vikings are scary and there were occasionally raiders, but the fact is that you could live for centuries. Uh, side by side in a way that is very obvious in the place names of a lot of um, areas yeah. in Northern Europe. The Vikings liked the hills, the tops of hills. And they would, uh, or the, the Scandinavians that came in uh, liked to farm the tops of hills and to bring sheep. And the kind of Anglo-Saxon uh, heritage folk liked to live in the river valleys. And you can see that across like vast swathes of the land that there was intermarriage but there was quite some separation of culture even of language and dialect for a very long time and not really conflict just because different cultural practices and different farming skills meant that you wanted different resources and you were perfectly happy to trade with one another it is very possible to have like a community that lives nearby and then not be a war cool so i kind of like that thought that That makes sense yeah nice Uh, Yeah, so there is a community that lives deeper in the forest and they occasionally come into the bit of the forest that we also use. Uh, As established, there is abundance of wood and the the meeting does not mean conflict. We just have uh, different ideas about the easiest way to survive. And so there's that. I've drawn a little house in the forest, which is a terrible, but uh, it's a vague representation. I'm going to establish that we call them those that live in the forest and we don't have a 
we haven't sort of described a name for them. I'm going to say where it says discover something new, introduce a new situation and draw it onto the map. I think there is a meeting place that I'm going to say we discover. It is near some standing stones and it is where we occasionally trade with the uh, people in the forest. So I'm going to, in fact, I will, where I've drawn the little house, I will draw like a little ring and we occasionally just sort of leave things and they leave things and they're... I love that. That's so cool. Nice. Stuff that is not easy for either of us to find. And so, yeah, that's the discover something new. Huzzah. Maddie, can you draw your card next, please? Absolutely. So I got the I got the seven of hearts from the spring deck. Okay. My, the two things are where does everyone sleep? Who is unhappy with this arrangement and why? Or <laughs> what natural predators roam this area? Are you safe? <laughs> So I kind of want to go down the kind of uh, small town sitcom route of where does everyone sleep and who's unhappy with this and why. So let me just have a look at the map. I think there are some people whose tents or structures are a little bit too close to the hole and they're not happy about it because Uh. in the night they hear weird noises and see strange glowing coming from the hole and they're like no we need to we need to go further further south and they're like no there's there's um we don't want to encroach on the the forest territory we don't want to encroach on the on the river so yeah I think uh, there are some people who are not keen on being so close to something so (laughs) mysterious and spooky. All right, then. Could you draw some tents near the hole? Absolutely. (laughs) And while you're doing that, is there anything else you'd like to do? Would you like to hold a discussion, start a project, or discover something new? Um, I would like to start a project of repairing and expanding the ruins for habitation. Ooh, that's a good project. Let me just have a little look. I think we just discuss how long we think that might take, and then you track how many yeah. weeks. Nice. I, I think repairing and expanding is probably two different projects. Oh, yeah. Given that every project has to be between one and six weeks, I feel like repairing the ruins to create more living space mm-hmm. is more of a kind of chunkable thing. And yeah, if you then that makes make sense. another project later, which is expanding, that would be a. I mean, if that's my instinct basically fair can yeah. you say that six weeks for that okay so maddie if you get a die and you put it on the on the six and then as each person does their turn you'll knock it down so on my turn it'll be five on Bryn's turn it'll be four and so on brilliant okay yeah we've got our first project Ooh. right okay and it is now my turn so i've drawn the four of hearts And that says, what important and basic tools does the community lack? Or, where are you storing your food? Why is this a risky place to store things? Ooh. (laughs) Please, can we store our food in like a basket in the hole because it's cold? Yes. We have a frigid, oh a frigid pasty <laughs> hole. <laughs> hey, folks, I think that's better than it being warm. Yes, it's true. <laughs> Okay. Okay, that was that was an easy thing. Um how am I going to represent this on the map? <laughs> I am going to just draw a green square on the hole. <laughs> it's abstract. <laughs> it's it's very abstract. The green square is the basket of food. Okay. I'm going to hold a discussion. Ooh. The question I am going to propose is so what's the deal with this paste? <laughs> and I would like to hear everyone's opinions on that. The faction I'm going to represent says we don't know what the paste is, therefore we should stay very far away from it. My faction will say we know that the forest dwellers like it and put good things in the exchange space. We should keep trading it. It is a gift from the gods. We must revere and use it as intended. <laughs> It produces strange emanations, and we definitely should use it. We need to test what effect it has. We think we should try treating injuries with it. 
Oh, God. Scientist <laughs> faction established. Scientists or witches? <gasps> What's the difference? I would love it if one of the factions in this community is mystic, mystical in some way, and has very minor <laughs> magical powers. I haven't established that yet. I'm just throwing it out there as an idea people could run with if they choose. Yeah, uh, maybe if some factions are very suspicious of those magical powers. Mm, could be. Schism, could be. schism, schism. Could be. Mm, cool. We think that if there are willing volunteers, they should try ingesting the paste to see what happens. Wow. Nice. Love it. Love it. I am going to mark a contempt token Ooh. on me Ooh. because <laughs> almost all of you have said we should do something with the paste and what I said was we should stay yeah. away from it. So, uh, yeah. so we have an established intra-community conflict now. Tension, <gasps> tension, tension. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. <laughs> Mm. And that's my turn. And Bryn, please draw a card. <laughs> I have the Queen of Hearts. And Ooh. oh, I love this. My questions are, what's the most beautiful thing in this area? Or what's the most hideous thing in this area? <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> For both. <laughs> I'm going to say, what's the most beautiful thing in this area? Is dusk on the moors. Aww. If you travel to the moor at dusk, the, the, the light of the sky is always very colourful. The, the, the heather and the, there's a mild mist. Uh, we know that weird things come out in storms, but if it's clear, it's always very beautiful and it's very... And some of the younger people in the community chose to go there for romantic purposes. <laughs> you've, you've made a make-out point. <laughs> I, I was given a question about beautiful things. I sure hope none of these teens are killed by the mysterious legendary figures. <laughs> no. I like that we, we have created a wonderful backdrop for a lot of urban legends, but that's not what this game is. It's, like, <laughs> it's Halloween. We're not telling those yeah, stories. Obviously, yeah, the yeah, most yeah. hideous thing is Jason Voorhees, who lives on the moors and kills <laughs> the romantic teens. Yes. Jason Voorhees. <laughs> um, okay, Bryn, is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn um, in terms of projects, discussions? Yes, or I'm going stuff? to start a project. Oh. I'm going to say the community elders who were the faction who earlier claimed that water was the most important resource for any community, mm -hmm. uh, begin, over the objections of some other peoples, but they have the uh, social cachet to push it through, they say we need to create a permanent path through the forest to mm. the place where the brook comes off the moors because that's oh. the best place to get water. So I'm going to add that path to the map. Well, should you do that once the project is completed? Yeah, probably. Uh, well, I'm going to add it now and then tick down a dice. So the question is, how long do we think it's going to take? It's quite a distance, like mm. a, a month. So that's so, four weeks. That's I think that's, yes. I was going to say three or four. So that, that yeah. That yeah, fine. three or four yeah. seems right to me. I say that there is a compromise, which is they, you know, they don't kind of just cut straight through the forest in the most direct mm. possible way. Mm. Like to, you know, to reduce conflict to some degree, you know, they, they try to avoid the standing stones. They try to make sure it's only going through the, the thin section as far away from as possible from the existing community. But in some senses, this is going to create some conflicts because a lot of people think that this is not necessarily a good move in terms of, you know, the forest dwellers or, you know, the standing stones and that kind of thing. So to be clear, you're thinking about conflict within our community, yes. not between the two communities. Yes. Mm. I think that a contempt taken should be token. It feels really weird for me to take one myself, but I, I'm saying that this is happening, but that not everyone is is happy with it but is that how that works. this works do i just take one myself yeah what do contempt tokens do mm. contempt tokens if ever you feel like you weren't consulted or honored in the decision making process you can take a piece of contempt and place it in front of you this is how we express disagreement or tension oh so it's it's not that Bryn takes one it's other people are like oh Bryn's just yeah so anyone who thinks that they wouldn't agree with the making of the path would take a contempt i think that if I'm thinking of the people that trade with and are interested in uh, those that dwell in the forest, I'll I'll take a contempt token for the fact that they 
don't like the fact that the that the path is there. That they have always tried very much to either go around the forest where possible or not disturb it because they are beginning to have beliefs about the fact that it should not be disturbed uh, except for the exchange of gifts. But those beliefs are not set in stone. Okay. Okay. Uh, I set my die to four for the completion of that path, and I'll tick it down through the turns. Wonderful. Uh, how is the uh, how is the uh, repairing the ruins project going? Where did that? Where has that die got to now? That's on four currently, so it'll be on three when the next simultaneous completion yeah. of those two Ooh. projects. <laughs> Excellent. Ooh. And speaking of completion, <laughs> I think we will end the episode there now that we have established some beginning tensions in our little community. Yeah, I'm interested to see where this goes. I'm quite enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. me too. I want to do the enthusiasm outro, but this isn't how we do it. Um, <laughs> oh, well, it's fine. It's an RQG outro, so we just go... <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello everyone, Helen here. Today I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ network. Step into Celine, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels, and eerie sleepwalkers, meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humour with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. And now, you can experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. So, search Celine wherever you get your podcasts. That's S E L E N E. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information.